On this week's episode of the Wanderings and Wool Gathering podcast, the Claypool Lennon Delirium is reviewed, and we come up with our own dream set lists for our favorite bands. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 19, the number 19, made up of the beginning and the end, the Alpha Omega. Coincidentally, the moon will appear in its exact location every 19 years. And the state of Indiana, where we're recording this, is the 19th state admitted into the Union. And if that were not enough, my Blackhawks are led by our captain, number 19, Jonathan Taves. So, 19 is special, and so is tonight's show. I'm Foggy, and with me as always, T-Bags and JPP. Fellas? Hey, what's going on? Gentlemen, good evening. Hey, fun fact, I appear in the same position every Sunday night. <laughs> me too. Do you appear? Uh, here's the here's the key question. Are you in the same attire, pants or no pants, every Sunday night? Yes. <laughs> That's all I <it> yes. <laughs> you can decide. Uh, another fun fact, I was 19 once. <laughs> Just yesterday. <laughs> Just happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it seems like it. Jeez. I know. <laughs> we don't really, though. Well, I don't want to speak for you guys, but... I don't feel too far away from 18 mentally. I mean, physically, it's a whole different story, but um, I still feel like I have all the same kind of like dreams and, and all that kind of stuff in my head. Yep. Yeah, same here. It's like, you can't crush me. I'm still going to achieve right. this. <laughs> I, I still do the same things I did at 19, pretty much. The only difference is I can afford better beer now. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way to look at it, for sure. Uh, all right, we have a great show tonight. Um, before we get to it, anything happening this weekend, guys? No, not not a whole lot's gone on this weekend. It's been just kind of nice to do some creative things. Still working on my book quite a bit. and I, I did actually have a lot of um, time to sit down and go through some old notebooks, and it's funny because I'm so glad I write things down. There was things in there that I want to go back and add into my book, and had I not written them down, they'd just be lost in the ether, so... Thank God for pen and paper, even in this digital age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no kidding. But I know you had a big weekend, Paul, and I was going to leave it open for you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't want to start everything on a down note and and drag it down. So we'll just get this out of the way. Um, Folks, it was a rough week here in the JPP camp. Uh, We lost a member of our family, our our family dog, Rocco. Um, we, We had to give him back to the universe this week, unfortunately. He uh, lived to be 14 years old. We got him when he was 10 months old, shortly before my wife and I got married. And he was kind of a symbol of new beginnings for us, our marriage, um, our house. He was kind of a key deciding factor. We wanted a space where he could run. The backyard was important and make sure there was adequate room for him to have his shelter and be fed. And, And we have cats, too, but they're independent. They'll go hide on the top of a couch and no problem. So uh, but he, you know, he was always kind of a pivotal piece of that and then when we had our daughter he was there to greet her you know what I mean so he was always special because he loved kids we saw that from when we got him so um, anyhow uh, before I start this quick little story I wanted to ask you guys do you remember when we talked about sad songs many episodes back and I mentioned uh, Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It Mm -hmm. and how you know it reminds me of my dad it tends to come up at times when um, I have questions or when I'm thinking of him just in random moments well, basically, we knew he was declining. He developed cancer, and it it progressed very rapidly. And uh, this week took a turn for the worst, and we knew it was time. So I spent quality time with him, and we, we sent him off, you know, trying to show him some joy. We got him, you know, some ice cream for him to enjoy a treat and took him through uh, the park and let him see some ducks and geese and things like that. As hard as that was, I felt like we needed to do that because, you know, he was having a hard time with quality of life and I wanted him to at least have a good send off. And when we got to the vet to um, do the the deed, if you will, uh, we were sitting in the waiting room, not very long. It was very quiet. And the door opened, and knowing it was time, as soon as that door opened, What's Love Got to Do With It was playing in that room. Oh, no. And, I mean, I was already a mess as is. That hit hard. And for me, all that did was just validate that it was the right time. And, you know, the power of music, it compels us in many ways. We get feelings, we get memories, and things like that. But at that moment, that was the answer saying, yes, it is time for you to do this. You are sending him off. This is the final gift of love. 
and you know please continue so once that happened and everything was done i mean there was an overwhelming sense of peace and the fact that we know he wasn't struggling anymore there was no more pain and you know it was time for us to pick ourselves up and forge ahead to make new memories and so that's what we're doing and you know some people i know are just like it's just a dog but you know they're a part of my family that's how i feel about it and you know honestly we as musicians and creative types write to remain immortal and i'm telling the story in a way to put it on the internet to help him have a story that remains immortal as well so we loved him he was a great dog and uh you know he will certainly be missed sorry for your loss man and i know that that's a tough thing to do and hopefully if you want if you want to for, further immortalize him uh you know maybe a hidden track on a jpp album in the future yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I've I've actually been talking about uh, creating something that just more or less embraces the grief and 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 things too. Yeah. So, um, we'll see what the future holds. You know, right now we're just kind of picking up the pieces and getting used to the new normal. But you know, I appreciate you guys here. You know, being supportive through this and stuff. I know we've talked off the air and everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just it's hard to see any loved one, be it an animal or a human being endure things and you want to be there and ultimately you would love to fix it, but you just have to be present and be loving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're talking to the right guys because we're all dog lovers here. <laughs> Absolutely. There's not a night that goes by that I don't have one in my lap, so Awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, I get I get the love. Right on. Thanks guys. I appreciate your time there. Yeah, man. I I had a really horrific story to tell about the Blackhawks loss this weekend, but um, I'm going to forgo that now. Yeah, now that things are in perspective. <laughs> thank, th thanks for ruining it, Paul. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, you can share your grief as well. We all we all have our own levels of it, and it's totally fine. So. Oh, man. Nope. Nope. Sports always pale in comparison to real life. <laughs> no matter no matter how big and important we think it is at the time. <laughs> yeah. Even well, happy to remind you, I guess. <laughs> Even if you're a Saints fan, you learn right. to move on. Um, That's right. Even if you're an IU football fan. <laughs> or basketball. Which I'm year. excited. They they actually have their best recruiting class they've ever had. It's better recruiting class than like four teams in the Big Ten. This is monumental for IU football. Good. So maybe we'll actually have a winning record for once. I'm, yeah. I'm not counting on it, but I'm hopeful <laughs> as I watch them throw the season away every year. So We will see how it goes. <laughs> nice. All right, Stevie, keep us on track here. Where do we go from All here? right, let's... I think it's time to get to our challenge from last week, and this one was issued by T-Bags. Yes. Remind us, and then let's get rolling. Okay. Um, you had to pick an artist who had a pretty uh, deep catalog. I can't remember if it was at least four or five albums, but... Um, yeah, five. five. And then build a concert set list um, based off of their catalog that you'd like to see performed. All right. So... Um, I, I just could not figure out what I was going to do. I was all over the place. And I was sitting with my wife last night, and uh, I can't remember what came up, but it just kind of hit. And then um, as we're sitting there, we realized that they have a new album coming out this year, which is pretty cool. And we were talking about going to see uh, a concert. This group's been around since 1978. And so Marianne was thinking, well... What's his voice like now? How's he sound? So, of course, we go to YouTube and look up some recent concert footage. He still sounds really good. So, the band that I have chosen is The Cure. And, um, it, and it's really cool, too, because <clears throat> what I'm thinking is, and I'm, I'm talking to Marianne, and I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go from beginning to end and build the set list from their earliest to their latest mm -hmm. and then hold out number 16 for my favorite song. And of course, I, I said, I wrote, like, was typing it in here, and then I said, well, what would yours be? And she picked the same song. So that was cool. So I just knew this was definitely the right one. So without further ado, The Cure in Concert, 16 song set list. Are you ready? Yes. Very ready. I'm intrigued. All right. So starts off with, and this one came down to two songs from uh, the early days um, Killing an Arab and Boys Don't Cry. Mm -hmm. I went with Boys Don't Cry on that one. Yes. The second song of the set would be The Love Cats. Huh. Quirky and fun. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Number three is In Between Days. One of my favorites. It was could have been in contention for 16. Huh. Number four was Close to Me. Fifth song is Why Can't I Be You. 
um, the six, just like heaven. And then the next three all just work together so well. Um, Plain Song, Lullaby, and Fascination Street. Yes, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's just like a perfect set part, part of that set, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, number 10, Love Song. 11, A Letter to Elise, which is fantastic. Yep. Mm. Um, number 12, put it on your calendar, folks, because Friday I'm in love. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I know, it's corny. Sorry. 13, (laughs) high. Uh, 14, end of the world. 15, the only one. And then rounding out, number 16. What is it, Tony? Um, I'm trying to think, because those are all so good. What did you leave out? Their best song. It's either Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, or A Forest. A Forest almost made this list. See, and it's, um, it's, and it's not an yeah, album, yeah. not a soundtrack, so it's not like... No, it's off an album. Stars. Okay. You, you'll know it. But um, I, I was going to put Forest in there, but then I would have had to kick off something later, and it would have made it way heavy in the mm-hmm. past. I wanted to try to make it kind of equal throughout their whole stage. So the last song, final song of the set is Pictures of You. Oh. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Gosh. That's so good. Well, that's the thing. He he got us so. Um, he I was drunk with the cure nostalgia and like thinking of all the songs <laughs> right. and pictures of you was completely uh, a wash in the mix. So. I know. I mean, I didn't want to be like too quiet and just have Steve talking, but I wanted to say yes after each one because it was like, if I was at that concert every time like that those opening notes would play for every one of those songs, I'd be <laughs> I'd be screaming. So his shirt would fly off and he would be going. Wah! That's right. <laughs> well, I hope they do uh, come nearby to support the record when it comes out. I'll definitely go. Yeah. As long as they're within three hours or so. I've seen, I, I don't say recent, but fairly recent performances by them, and they're still great live. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought so too. Man, I honestly thought it was going to be a, a Rush or Smashing Pumpkins thing. That would just be too easy. Yeah, you, you flipped the script on us. That's great. What a great um, set list. I went through a lot of different groups, and none of them were... I knew I wasn't going to do those two. Yeah. And for... I've seen him enough times, and so... Talking to... Uh, for the people who are who don't know or haven't listened yet, my, my sister is your wife. And so I, I was texting back and forth with her because she was actually talking about the challenge this week. And she said that, you know, it was it was fun enough that you guys um made a playlist. Or she, she was going to have a playlist made out of it once you guys got done with that set list. Yes, I'm going to create it and then share it with her since we're all have the family Apple Music plan. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Right on. There we go. Sweet. JPP, you're up because Tony's got 500 songs, so we better get you out of the way first. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get to the point, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I also jumped the pond and headed over to Europe, and um, this band's actually coming to town. I'm really hoping I can make it happen to go see them because I've never seen them live. Uh-huh. And uh, it's Iron Maiden. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just because I saw some ads come through on my feed saying, hey, get your tickets for Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a group that I have a, a dream set list for. And, you know, some of these are sprinkled in tunes that everybody knows and loves. And perhaps some of these are not as well received these days. I don't mm-hmm. know. But this is basically Fear of the Dark and past when iron maiden was a big part of my life and admittedly with being busy and growing up i they they kind of fell off the radar with some of the newer albums Mm -hmm. for me um same here you know it's just stuff like that happens so i'll just run through this list and honestly um because i love these songs so much i really don't care what order they're in but i kind of put them on based off of when i was learning to play songs that fired me up and i had to grab the guitar Mm -hmm. and Try to pick the riffs by ear. Okay. So here we go. Number one is Tail Gunner. Um, great tune. Very uh, uh, good starter for their album, uh, No Prayer for the Dying. Uh, number two is Stranger in a Strange Land. Great oh, guitar yeah. riffs there. Number three is The Trooper, which my daughter perked up when we were listening to that in the background <laughs> one day. Number four, the iconic Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Number five, Can I Play with Madness? Fantastic song. Gets stuck in your head every once in a while. It's kind of a, a hooky Iron Maiden song, in that, if you will. <laughs> um, number six is Running Free. That I've got VHS tapes of them playing live, and that's always fun to watch. They just really played on that song, played with the crowd, and a lot of uh, response and interaction there. So that would be a fun one to see in person. 
Uh, number seven, kind of a heavier tune, Be Quick or Be Dead, really aggressive in the Maiden camp. Number eight, 1158, as I like to call it, or else otherwise everyone knows it as Two Minutes to Midnight. Um, number nine is an early tune called Wrathchild. Uh, very fun guitar riffs there. Number 10 is Where Eagles Dare. Love that song as well. Number 11, Revelations. That song is very sentimental to me, if I can talk, <laughs> in that when I got my first electric guitar and that album, my brother came over and was playing that song and taught me the power chord. And that's what opened the door for me to learn how to riff and learn how to play other songs because that was kind of the key for rock and metal. Um, uh, see, what do I got? Number 12, The Loneliness of, a, of the Long Distance Runner. It's kind of an epic mm -hmm. marathon tune, so it may fall out of that 90-minute category we talked about, but you know, <laughs> they could at least tie it into a medley somehow, so that's how I'm squeezing that one in. Um, number 13, Moonchild, also an early tune. And 14 is Killers. Fantastic Iron Maiden oh, yeah. songs. I remember when I got that CD, I would pop that in. Uh, they had a different singer at the time, too. It was pre-Bruce, but you, you still couldn't go wrong. It was kick-ass from the start. Uh, number 15 is Murders in the Rue Morgue. And number 16, I'm closing it off with Fear of the Dark. Nice. Gosh. <laughs> that, that would be such an epic concert. <laughs> Um, yeah, and if I get to see them, I'll, I'll keep this list so I can compare it against uh, what they do play. I'm sure there'll be some new ones sprinkled in there that I won't know, mm -hmm. but... Um, it would when be you said enjoyable. they're coming to town, do you mean Indy? Yeah, they'll be at the Ruoff Mortgage Home Center nice. place to be. This summer? Yeah. This summer, yep. Fantastic. I remember when I was young, um, I, think, I think my brother bought it, but he bought a vinyl... Iron Maiden, and I just remember mm. laying on the bed listening to it over and over and over and over again. I think I liked it much better than he did. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Quick side note too. Um, I remember as a teenager going to the 4-H fair. You know, the big mm -hmm. midway, and the you play the games, you win stuff. And in the 90s, they had those uh, cardboard frames that had the glass yes. mirror with the uh -huh. album art on it. Yep. And I won several of those, and I picked a handful of Iron Maiden ones and had them sprinkled in my room. And my mom comes. What what is this nasty album art you've got up here? And I, hey, my brother listens to it, and he's the what turned me on to it. Argument over. It's like, well, I, I can't argue yeah. with him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, I got into drawing. Is, is it Eddie? Is that there? Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I got into drawing those covers back in the day, and coming from a you know a very strong Roman Catholic family, uh, the first one I drew mm -hmm. was from the Number of the Beast. Uh, and it was on the, it was like on the outside of a folder, and uh, I remember my mom almost having like a sit down with me, like maybe I was going to start devil worshiping, but I didn't. I just like good music, right? <laughs> and you know, shout out to bands like Iron Maiden, Metallica, and so mm -hmm. on for their iconic logos for oh, getting yeah. me into loving logo design. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, Paul, uh, I know these were fictional, but um, have you heard any of them recently? Is he can he still sing live pretty well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bruce has still got pipes. Mm -hmm. He's, um, you know, with with anybody getting older, the range drops a little bit, sure. but he still holds well. Um, he's still running across the straight stage, and he seems like he has great stamina. Yeah. So um, that's that's great. You know, I, uh, I I hope I never see a day where he's out there just kind of standing still. But um, there's a lot of bands that, that do that these days. You don't see much activity. It's more for the nostalgia. They get out there, they play, they take off immediately, go to bed probably. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, these guys are still you know very roadworthy. Cool. That's a great one. Thanks. Um, before we get into mine, um, Mundy sent me a text and said that uh, he he was going to go with Huey Lewis, who has enough albums, but um, he ended up going with Michael Bublé, and that we could just pick the set list because every song is golden. So that's from uh, actually nice. I received one from him too. Did you? What did he say? Yeah, and he did um, a set list for the Backstreet Boys. Nice. But he just wants to hear, I want it that way, all 16 times. <laughs> so it's going to be a heck of a concert. Yeah. Actually, actually I received a message from Crazy. him, too. And uh, this one is short and to the point. It says, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what, the fact that he can't have Backstreet Boys do that 16 times in a row? Yeah. Yes, I think that's okay. what he was saying. He, he wouldn't elaborate, but that's kind of yeah. where I thought he was going with that. <laughs> okay. And as always, we love you Monday, right? Okay. That's right. Well done, Metalhead. It's a great set list. <laughs> um, 
All right, so as I told Steve off the air, my challenge, my rules. So I did have a little bit more than 16 songs, but... Uh, my challenge, my rules. <laughs> I know. I'm taking my ball and I'm going out. Um, <laughs> no, okay, so no surprise. Who do you think I picked? Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> or Tool. Tool. Which one is it, guys? I was going with Tony Bennett. Yes. <laughs> Not a bad choice. Sounds like Tony. <laughs> um, I think you went with Tool. Yeah. Okay. I went with Nine Inch Nails. <gasps> Son of a bitch. I went- is that just so people can drink? Yes. You can drink through okay. this whole okay. thing. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but I will run through these quickly. Um, I wanted it to start off with Now I'm Nothing, which is a classic, like, unreleased song that uh, back in the day in the 90s when they used to open mm-hmm. at Lollapalooza. It was kind of that that led into Terrible Lie back then. And then um, they did that on their final tour <laughs> that ended up not being their final tour. But it's it's a really cool little song. Um, so Now I'm Nothing. But I think true fans are used to hearing that go straight into um, Terrible Lie. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted that to go right into Mr. Self-Destruct just to keep that energy up, but switch it up a little bit. Very cool. And then um, mm-hmm. go from Mr. Self-Destruct to the background world. Number four, Burning Bright, Field on Fire. Keep the noise heavy. Lovely. Uh, go right into March of the Pigs. And then into Piggy, which is a classic kind of pairing that they do. Um and then from there, kind of go a little bit dark and weird and go into This Isn't the Place. Let Trent catch his breath. Um, then go into number eight, which is Sanctified, but the live groovy version. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but yeah, they've, yeah, they've been doing it for a few years. And uh, I'll have a link in the show notes. It's very cool. Um, cool. Into number nine, Copy of a, And then into All the Love in the World. Then track, or I mean, number 11, Getting Smaller. To discipline, to head down, uh, and then it starts to get slowing down again uh, into zero sum. And then the last two songs of this part is uh, something I can never have, but the version with drums. I don't know if you guys have heard that before, but yes, uh, it really emphasizes some of those parts mm-hmm. in there. Um, and then I thought leaving that one off with uh, the perfect drug because that has, you know, it keeps the energy up and then it drops off and it kind of goes slow and then. I thought Trent could just be out there as the whole song kind of deconstructs and then the, uh, you know, having the lights kind of flashing and he exits. And then we have the inevitable encore that happens, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, going into the encore, having, you know, all the lights down and and then just the guitar smash in for last, Um, which goes into the line begins to blur, which is very gritty and still guitar heavy. Um, I'm looking forward to joining you finally, which is very bass heavy. Um, slowing it back down into all that could have been into in this twilight and then the crowd is going crazy it's the last show of the tour they just think they're going to pull out five more songs and so <laughs> this is the last part of it um, on the final encore which I, I did look back at the Nine Inch Nails archives mm-hmm. they have done 26 song sets before just so you guys know oh wow mm-hmm. um, I thought that would open up a little slower with 23 Ghosts 3 um then the only way out is through, which I love that one because it sounds like the whole like band is breaking through a wall there at the end. Yeah. Um, into just like you imagined, nice uh, instrumental groove. Uh, into the day the world went away, the quiet version, which has a lot of piano in it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. finally rounding out the whole show with "Beside You in Time," um, and let that whole sound at the end just continue to pulse and let the lights come up and the show is over. Well done. I feel like I Thanks. just witnessed nice. it actually, just by you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, which was always fun when, especially when they've closed with hurt in the past and they let it drone on and the lights go on and people are like, "Oh yeah. man!" <laughs> but yeah. and I wanted to keep some of those elements where they do that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, they they have for years made sure they come back out with head like a hole and then end with hurt. You know, mm-hmm. and I kind of want mm-hmm. to get away from that, but still have that feel that I've seen before when I've yeah. seen them live. So. Well, that's kind of fan service in a way, too. You know, they know. Yeah. Sometimes artists don't do that, and sometimes they're like, yeah, I'll feed the uh, fans a little bit for being good fans. Exactly. Give them what they yep. want. Yeah. And I didn't hear closer in there whatsoever. So, hey. 
No, I've had my fill of closer. Excellent yeah. song. But yes. And when, anytime you're in concert, you have somebody next to you screaming it. Exactly. Do you remember when we saw them at Ball State and they ended oh, yeah. the set a little early and they didn't play closer? The whole yeah. section I was in was pissed, but it was like right, right after it broke on the radio, you know. But yeah. um, <laughs> as people said, he had the flu and so he gave it everything he could and had to wrap it up. So and I was like, yeah. that was fine. I, I like underground and, you know, kind of. Uh, cult classic hits over, you know, having to hear just what's on top forty all the time. So didn't bother me yeah. any. I, I just saw Nine Inch Nails. Good God. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what? What about Wish? Did it come close to making it? It did, but it it felt like I w- I started getting really away from anything that kind of had that radio MTV play, for the most part. Ah, gotcha. Um, but I did try to think, and Paul, you're a musician, <clears throat> so you can understand this. Playing live, I did try to think of the pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. given given breaks and having energy kind of go up and then come back down and stuff. So yeah, yeah, that's very important, especially if you're performing and belting out at the top of your lungs. I don't know how Cannibal Corpse and Napalm Death does it because it's constantly at you know 99 decibels the whole set. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Barney comes out with a ballad with Napalm Death. Okay, folks, this is a love song, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, totally, man. That's awesome. You you really invested yourself in that. You know, I wanted to do, um, you know, kind of a, a service to some songs that I enjoyed out of uh, Iron Maiden. But you took that uh-huh. and then not only put it into what you enjoyed as much as how you would see it paint a bigger picture too. So um, <laughs> I, I envy you. I wish I would have had that time to to do that. But that's that's great. That was a very fun fun ride good challenge it, it was a fun challenge i thought too not just because it was mine if anybody it was definitely better than last week's challenge steve but um yeah well i know all right i'm then. just kidding as far as like mental health wise goes yeah but no. um yeah i hated it too. I'm, I'm hanging Awful. on to the set list because if i end up making a billion dollars somewhere in my life i'm gonna hire nine nails to come play this <laughs> that's right <laughs> Hey, Trent, I know you're retired, but uh, can you come out one last time? I've got, you know, eight figures for you here, if you would uh, do me a favor. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I was I was really close. You know how um, they remade Physical? Mm-hmm. Yes. From Adam Ant? Uh-huh. I was so close to doing, to taking Adam and the Ants music with Adam Ant, putting it together and making a show. It was like on tap. I was ready really? to roll. I had all the vinyl when I was a kid. I loved it. Yeah. That was... But... That's- um. I backed off when the cure popped up. Sweet. <laughs> hard well, to tough, hard to beat that. So good stuff. Thanks. You guys did great on that. Um, <clears throat> Paul has the challenge, right? Yes, and I've got yes. it. And uh, <clears throat> you know, you hated the last challenge. You'll hate this one too. No, oh, great. Thanks. Pick five songs that you hate. Oh, okay. There. I mean, this one will be tough in that I'm sure there's lots of earworms that just make your teeth grit but uh-huh. um dig a little deeper you know and and uh if you want to put a little story to them that's totally cool too but you know there there are some songs that um have come up in my life that you know when i hear them i'm just i roll twitch bad <laughs> memories whatever the case may be um yeah i'm curious some of your experiences in that regard okay should the caveat be that it's a a popular song that, that people do love or is it just could it just be some random song that nobody knows um that we're doing i'm gonna blanket that a little bit and say majority of them should be popular songs but if you do have um one that may stick out that might not be popularly known but you've had a an experience with by all means go for it mm-hmm. okay cool. okay i like that challenge actually yeah that's interesting cool yeah I'm going to hate it by the end of yeah. the week. Yeah. Keep the gifts are coming. <laughs> My personality just is not good for this because there just aren't a lot of things I hate. <laughs> so, right. Out of the comfort zone. All right. Okay. Hopefully, speaking of things that uh, we don't hate, let's get to Lennon and uh, Claypool Delirium. New record this week. It's what we're reviewing. I assume everyone has had a chance to listen. Yes. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, quick initial. I'm going to give it a, a thumb wavering, mostly up. I'm going to give it a thumbs okay. down. <laughs> I'm going to give it a shaky thumbs up due to three songs that I really dug. Cool. Okay. Yep. I listened to it quite a few times, and I will say, I listened, remember last week I listened to something when I was working out that just didn't work? I can't remember what it was now. Well, so this week I listened to Anthrax one day. It's great. Good workout music. Mm-hmm. Next day I listened to this. 
Not so much. Uh, yeah. And uh, I won't make that mistake again. Um, I, I will say that this record with those two having their name on it, um, it is unmistakable. When you hear Lennon sing, I mean, it's got like Beatles vibe written all over it, or John Lennon vibe, whatever you want to say. Uh-huh. Um, and then that bass line has uh, Claypool all over it. And I was listening to it at work one day, and our technology guy came in, and he's like, is that Primus? <laughs> like, well, good ear, but not quite. Um, so, yeah, the, the earmarks of those two are all over this record. So if you like that, you're going to find something to like, I think, in mm-hmm. this record. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple songs that, to me, are a little bit too Beatly. Um, that is an adjective. Look it up. <laughs> I am no fan of the Beatles. Um, I know people are like, blasphemy that I don't love the Beatles, but I just don't. And I, I've tried, and I just can't. And um, but anyway, so those songs are a little bit of a turnoff. But the three songs for me that made this worthwhile um, were uh, "Love," uh, let's see, was it "Easily Charmed by Fools," yeah. um, "Amethyst Realm," and "Toady Man's Hour." I thought those were three pretty strong songs. Um, "Easily Charmed" has a pretty strong message uh, about doing dumb things while being desperate, and it's kind of a serious message in there but it's got this real playful tune going on and i thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. amethyst realm was probably the shining star of this one for me and it's just weird that it's this musically it seems kind of like an ambitious song it's the longest of them and um but it's about a lady who's going to marry a ghost and uh, it's a true story so mm-hmm. i thought that was really interesting when i kind of dug into that one a little bit more and then uh the toady man toady man's hour mm-hmm. Um, about the false flatterer or whatever. I thought that was a really strong song as well. I liked the bass line quite a bit. Um, other than that, I didn't hate, 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 hate any other songs. But um, those were the three that, that stood out to me. If I go back and listen to anything, it'll be those three. I don't think I could listen to this one from beginning to end. And you guys both know that's how I like to listen to music. So, um, But anyway, out of a five, I would probably give it a three-ish. Shaky three. I hear you. Yep, groovy. Uh, first, I want to call out Steve for uh, copying my notes verbatim and presenting them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, no, I share a lot of the similar sen- sentiments. And <clears throat> to be completely honest, I need to dig into this and listen a little further. I did listen to the whole thing. It was segmented, given the chaos of the week. Um, I picked it up when I could and had to drop it and come back to it, things like that. Um, at one point last night, I was trying to listen to the whole thing again, and I fell asleep, and it wasn't because of the album. It was just I was completely drained. And um, I, long story short, yes, Beatley, very Beatley. Um, uh-huh. I don't hate the Beatles, but I don't have anything of theirs. Um, I've heard a lot of it, and I appreciate what they've done for the recording industry in terms of styles and multi-tracking and tricks ping-ponging that sort of thing look it up if you want to know further what you know what i'm talking about but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i heard elements of primus i heard elements of you know especially john lennon there was some things that i heard that a lot of prog musicians uh certainly embrace the vocal harmonies things like that uh definitely were in there a lot of the nostalgic um styles there with the the harmony structures and things i thought that was cool it was nice to hear um i liked the bass tone especially and yes it's less it's it's certainly the the primus feel but it's not the slap you know the the crazy primus as much as it is the the gritty tone the the way he follows through with the song and things like that and um of course the opening track little fishes he's got to write about fishes in some some aspect and and you know especially with primus and fish, john the fisherman always talking about fishing mm-hmm. so you know i felt like both of them embraced their heritages you know respectively um and yes uh amethyst realm and toady man's hour were my two strongest ones as well um and I did, um, I have to re- listen to Like Fleas again. I thought I had a good first impression on it. But yeah, Easily Charmed by Fools I thought was was cool too. Um, and I, th- I think you're right in that those are the strongest standout songs on the album. Everything else was certainly listenable. But it just got washed with kind of the the heritage like I talked about where yeah I heard a lot of Beatles and and you know it it I hate to say that it made me zone out as much as it didn't make me it didn't pull me in enough to want to you know dig my ear deeper into the album I just listened to it and 
you know, was ready to move on to the next one to see what that next adventure was going to be like. And okay, that's pretty similar in that regard. And um, but I didn't skip through and skim it or anything. I, I gave it a, a fair shot when I had times to listen. So um, I will listen to it again. I definitely want to listen to it as a cohesive piece and kind of see where I, I land on it. But right now, I'm going to give it a three as well. It's not a terrible album. It's a noble effort. Musicianship is fantastic all that good stuff but as far as what my ears were um leaning toward i i guess it i hate to say it fell short but it certainly wasn't what my ears were wanting at the time that's kind of segueing me into my how i would preface the whole thing is that this is probably for someone someone's going to flip out over this album because musicianship is there Mm -hmm. you know it's there's a difference between a bad album because oh my gosh those people can't play or they can't sing or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. but um but for me it's like I'm not a big Beatles fan either, and even if I like two things, like I like salmon and I like ice cream, but I don't want Rocky Road salmon, you know. And this, like, I don't want this didn't mesh for me. This wasn't like a two two good things that came together and made something better. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, uh, although Rocky Road salmon might be good, um, patent pending, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now with bigger chunks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway, we're having salmon tomorrow. I made oh, sure. Do report back to us, please. Yeah. F- well, a funny note. Stephen and I cooked one time, and I think you like we use sugar. I think and we caramelize salmon. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with brown sugar. Yeah, and that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I guess I should. <laughs> I guess maybe it would be good. Um, Blue cheese mm-hmm. ice cream, oh, and then we have something. Gosh, we used to play a game where we'd like come up with like the worst <laughs> ice cream flavors we could imagine. Salt and vinegar. <laughs> Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Don't even tell him. <laughs> S and V is on the label. And you're like, oh my God, what is this? Yep. Um, anyway, um, so I'll just run through these. This is what I've been trying to do. Uh, so Little Fishes, um, that was such a weird thing for me because it started off with like this backward messaging sound, like Marilyn Manson, right into like an early Pink Floyd sound. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, and then kind of into that Beatles feel and I, you know, and then, uh, the Claypool bass kind of came through. So it was, I couldn't tell if I loved it or not, but I just let it be what it was and then moved into blood and rockets. Um, which funny, if you go back and listen to it, tell me if I'm wrong, but it, that very first beginning part, it sounds like lose yourself by Eminem. Hmm, um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I liked it, but I thought it was too long. Like the guitar at the end was nice. Um, but it was just like two, if they could have shortened that down to a three and a half minute song, I think I would have liked it more. Um, South of Reality, it reminded me of an old Bones Brigade skate video, and so, and the grittiness of it, and the weird guitars I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, was it Boriska? Yeah. Boriska? Something Boriska? like that, yeah. Boriska? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a little more British sound, but I think at this point, and this happens to me a lot, I'm, I listen to them as a the whole album, I'm kind of like, okay, I've, I'm hearing the sounds, and let's move on with something, and so... Easily Charmed by Fools, to me, kind of fell into that same thing. I know you guys loved it, but... Um, you know, it just felt like I'd heard it and it was right in the middle of the collection, so maybe my ears were getting tired. Um, into Amethyst Realm. Um, I think I would have loved this more as an instrumental. It really had a really good vibe. And Paul, the way it was recorded, kind of sounded like that old, like, live at Pompeii feel. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, very, very kind of dry. I don't know the technical terms, but it was, I loved it. But if there was no vocal track on it, that's when I would have liked it. Um, yeah, yeah. Funny thing, Tony Man's Hour was i love the intro hated the song and like that was that was my lowest rated song on the whole thing funny (laughs) yeah um cricket chronicles revisited uh is the best beginning of any of the songs on the album i thought and i stuck with that one that's the one i listened to uh more times than any of the other songs just to go back and try to get a feel for it and then like fleas actually sound like a roger waters demo to me um and i did actually kind of like how it was bookended by the same kind of like slow echoey sounds and vocals um at the beginning and end of that track so with that said i tried to listen with a uh you know a non-biased ear but i ended up giving it a three as well gotcha well at least it's solid for the three you know it's it's not a terrible album you drove it home and yeah. you know this is an album for somebody and yeah. you know be it the uh primus uh fans uh, the beatles mm-hmm. fans you know kind of having a, a happy marriage in between there Perhaps yeah. that's there, but what I thought yeah. was interesting too, um, <clears throat> excuse me, was that 
the musicianship, especially from Les. And, you know, Primus is, Les is not a show off by any means. He's just a quirky guy and he likes to just uh-huh. create a texture and a style with his uh, bass playing. And when you look at My Name is Mud and things like that, he's just kind of slapping and making it percussive, right? But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, he served the songs. He he didn't go overboard. The bass certainly had a distinct tone where it kind of bit and was, you know, gritty. But um, he blended well with what the arrangements were doing. So it's mature, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I hate to say mature in that he grew up, but it's a mature process. It's certainly um, very graduated in terms of, you know, just the techniques he was using and things like that. So Mm -hmm. that's where I really was enjoying the process is just hearing, you know, how he fit into the the Lennon mold per se. But, um, you know, probably inversely, um, you know, the other side could apply too, where they were serving the song in um in that aspect to to uh, accentuate less in, in their own way too, but um, again I'm gonna have to listen to it again probably give it a couple of listens and just kind of see where it falls on my radar overall, um but you know it's it's not a dud it's just I think based yeah. off of our conversations and what we all like it's just kind of outside of our normal spectrum yeah and mm-hmm. and I would say yeah. too that this was my last final note on the whole thing was that. I can see how bass drives songs. Sometimes I think the bass purposefully is there to be a groove that you're not really, you're totally tuned into, but it's not up front like you're saying, and there's nobody like standing out. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, good bass players make a song. So I think some of these songs that I might have given a lower rating were kind of saved in my eyes or my ears by the fact that you have somebody like him playing bass. Yeah. And but it just reminded me as I go to listen to Tool or other other bands too, like how important that bass player really is. Yeah, exactly. And bass and drums are pretty much everything. Yeah. Really the backbone of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. This kind of reminds me too what Paul was saying about um about less. And in this case less was more. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's not my point. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't resist. Yeah. Where's um, your rim shot, Paul? <laughs> yeah, sorry. No kidding. I forgot my drum set. Damn. Um, but, you know, he easily could have taken over. Okay, but, it, right. but he kind of backed off. It really reminds me of the reception that Audio Slave got when they came out. And everybody wanted Tom Morello to do what he did in Rage. Uh-huh. But it didn't fit what they were doing. Sure. And his guitar work was still amazing. It's just... It wasn't what he did with Rage, and everybody was so mad. They wanted this crazy hard record, and yeah. it just wasn't what they got. And that's kind of what I feel like here is that he backed up a little bit and just laid down some nice grooves but didn't mm-hmm. go crazy. That's a great analogy. Yeah, and yeah. even Street Sweeper Social Club, you know, that was a whole different right. vibe too. But mm-hmm. you still had yeah. elements yeah. of Tom, but it was, you know, he accentuated the rest of that ensemble. Mm-hmm. I have one final comment, and I think this may change your guys' ratings. Okay. Okay. Amethyst Realm. She claims that she will have consummated the marriage before she actually marries the ghost. No. 4.5, do I hear it, fellas? She's faking it. <laughs> oh, man. Take, take that information and go back and listen to that and pay attention to those lyrics now. Okay. It's, it's interesting. Or when you're looking for a top five banger in the back section of the video store, see if you can find a video on certain, you know, similar subject matter, if you will. I'm looking for ghost that's, porn. That's a different definition for banger. <laughs> <That's> a, you <laughs> said banger. Can I find some ghost porn, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had to get that in there. Sorry. Well, Couldn't resist. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. I appreciate Thanks for letting that. me laugh this week, guys. I mean, <laughs> I needed it. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Oh. Can I segue, can right. I segue on that? Because I know we're going into listening to what we did this week. Actually, one, one final oh, yeah, thing okay. before you segue. Yeah, sure. All I wanted to do was bring up next week's review. Yes. Which we are so on point this week. We already have next week's ready. Felt kind of bad because we really dissed on Weezer's cover record. Uh-huh. Um, not hating it, but just not really finding it necessary. They released the Black Album next Friday, and so that will be our review album next week. I think we'll probably, uh, hopefully, all like that one. Yes. Yeah, I'm willing to give that a shot. I'm looking forward to it. So going back to Paul, he... When he you know, he he said banger, and then you, Steve came in with a little you know joke there on the banger section. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it made me think of Butthead, Beavis and Butthead. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and that reminded me that this week, and I didn't know this. If you guys knew this, I'm mad that you never told me. But I was watching Mike Judge on Conan from way back in the day, mm-hmm. and um, he was 
he was showing his short film called Milton, and it was completely the uh, the guy from Office Space. It was a guy who was going to burn down the building over his stapler. I knew about it, but I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. I was told yeah, so that I, I was getting my paycheck. I said, yes. no thought on the pina colada. <laughs> no thought, senor. <laughs> so I had no idea that Mike Judge kind of helped, like, birth the whole idea from at least that character on Office Space. Yeah. Did you guys? Hmm. Well, Paul, you knew that, but you didn't tell me, so I'm not talking to you. Steve, <laughs> did you Did you know that? I was unaware. Okay. Um, but that was something I was watching. I was on in the YouTube rabbit hole, of course. Um, so let me just quickly, I'll do my rundown, then throw it to you guys. But So the things I'm kind of listening to right now are uh, The Way I Heard It, which is the micro podcast. Uh, very short episodes, six to ten minutes, and they are fantastic. If you're not listening to it, you need to be listening to it. Um, and I was telling Steve off the air, like, there's got to be a routine in your day, whether it's a drive or whether it's brushing your teeth or whatever it is, that you have six to ten minutes where that could be part of your daily routine. Cool. Um, but don't take that six minutes out of listening to Wanderings. Yes. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Um, or you can do it during my reviews. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Paul. Uh, the way I heard it uh, is is the name of that podcast. I don't know if I mentioned that, but that's what I would be lis- listening to if I were you. Um, Ear Biscuits with Rhett and Link from Good Mythical Morning. They have a fantastic podcast. I'm really more into the podcast world a little bit, but because I am writing and I was listening to Nine Inch Nails, I listened to the Ghosts album, and I forgot how great that is, that all-instrumental album. Um, and then a couple of songs of note. Uh, I went back and listened to a song that I'd loved for a long time because it kind of told a story, but uh, Cage Around the Sun by Monster Magnet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't listened to Monster Magnet for a long time, and I love them. Um, and then uh, a song called I Come With Knives by IMX. And oh, that's what I've been listening to. That's cool. That's good stuff, man. So given the uh, state of affairs... I was listening to some gritty stuff and going down uh, Apple Music rabbit holes. One of my favorite things to do, especially when it's like, I don't know what I want to listen to. I'll pick something and then I'll scroll to the bottom on my phone and it'll say, you might also like and start Uh digging into those. Sometimes I find something new. Sometimes I find things that I forgot existed. And most of these were, I forgot it existed. So... <clears throat> the Arcade Fire soundtrack um, came across uh, this, the Stigmata cover that Manson did. I don't know if you've, either you've heard that, no. but it's it's really cool. Um, it sounds strikingly similar to the Ministry version, but hearing Manson's vocal take on it, he changes it up just a tiny bit. Um, but it's fun. It was it was nice to listen to. Um, yeah. I was also listening to Crystal Castles. I don't know if you're familiar with them either. It's a duet. Mm-hmm. As I understand, mm-hmm. they got a new singer now. I haven't really followed much of the history, but I was listening to um, the album with I'm Not In Love with Robert Smith on it, speaking of you know Robert. Oh. And uh, that was I was listening to that in my headphones, and then when we got in the car, I popped it on for my wife. I'm like, see if you recognize this guy. Took her a couple seconds, but she she nailed it. She's like, "Oh, that's Robert Smith, isn't it?" Sure enough. Then she's like, "He sounds a little different." I'm like, "Well, he's a little older than when you used to, you know, for the songs that you're mostly familiar with." So, but uh, nonetheless, he still has it. So good stuff. Um, I sent you guys a link over the weekend. There's a band called Health, particularly a song called Stone Fist. It's very noisy and, mm-hmm. and grooving. Um, it was kind of compared to Ministry meets Rihanna as far as like has a little bit of pop flair, but it has a lot of gritty texture. The album as a yeah. whole uh, is really good, has a lot of just great, um, you know, heavy grinding pieces mixed with good vocal parts and just breakdowns and stuff. So uh, that was played a couple of times for sure. Um, also, uh, Pink Floyd's Great Gig in the Sky, there was a video link that popped up that synced it up with. Uh, the Wizard of Oz with the tornado scene. And I had never done that. I've heard people, for those that you may not know, Google it. But apparently after the third lion roar, you kick on Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, and it's supposed to sync up perfectly with uh, the visuals. And I got to say with that particular scene in this song, it was pretty dead on. It was fun. So mm-hmm. that was that was great, especially with the the uh, high belting vocals and as the tornado part is happening and stuff. It was very, very... Uh, uh, supplemental and, and accentuated it nicely. Uh, let's see what else here. We talked about maybe um, reviewing the Dream Theater album, uh, Distance Over Time. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'll give you a quick review. I gave uh, the first three songs a listen and said, okay, I've heard this album for the past 10 years. Two and a half. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. I came across the video link um, a couple weeks ago, I think, maybe last week, week before. I had never, I never knew this existed, but there was a set where David Bowie and Trent Reznor um, performed some songs together, and there's a reinterpretation mm -hmm. of Hurt on there, as well as some other songs that um, were fantastic. I had no idea this ever. I should have told you about that. Yeah, Sorry. okay, we're not talking again. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was it was very cool to, to hear, because there's a nice little slow grinding, finger tapping piece, and David Bowie kicks off the song Hurt, and then Trent kicks in on the choruses, and um, it's mm -hmm. completely reinterpreted, and it gave me goosebumps as much as the original song did the first time. So um, I'm going to have to find a way to get some audio on that and just put it in my headphones and listen without streaming video and racking up data. But um, the last thing, there's a, a documentary on uh, Netflix. You mentioned Monster Magnet. That reminded me. <clears throat> I watched this a couple weeks ago called Who the F is This Guy? Um, and it's about, oh, what's his name? I, I, it's, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now, um, but <laughs> who the F is this guy? I don't know his name. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> given the circumstance, he, uh, he became an A&R guy, long story short, and he's the reason Metallica got signed with Elektra Records. He, um, is, was very active in the heavy metal community. He brought, uh, the Sex Pistols to New York and they did a show, um, without being able to see the band. They had a white cloth in front of them and had a video playing crowd went crazy rioted but it didn't kill his career he just had really good intuition and insight and um, shaped the industry quite a bit and they talk with him they talk with various artists through the years and said had it not been for this guy i wouldn't be here so um very cool documentary to see um worth the watch i believe it was maybe an hour uh or you know shortly over that um but you know, if you get a chance, you want to kind of get into some history of punk and heavy metal. He's he's your guy. Cool. I I googled it. Is it is it Michael Alaga? Yes, that's it. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Yep. No problem. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, uh -huh. that's who the f that guy is. <laughs> yes. Well, typically I'm the one who listens to the least, but um, I had an opportunity this weekend to hang out with Metalhead Monday, and uh, he was introducing me to some Backstreet Boys, some Tiffany, and some new K-pop. So that was pretty oh, exciting. Man. Thanks, thanks, Monday. I wish we were alone now. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna kill me. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I already mentioned uh, that I worked out to a little Anthrax. That was uh, hadn't revisited that in a while, so that was good. Um, listened to a little Silver Sun at work. Haven't listened to them in quite a while either. Again, the other night, listened to some Cure uh, when I was planning my list, and then. I'd mentioned last week that I had started the Umbrella Academy, and so I watched a few more episodes this week, and the soundtrack for this show is so good. Um, episode two starts off with um, a little montage with number five, and um, he's running, and so it breaks into Wood Kid, Run Boy Run, and it's perfect. And it's such an amazing song anyway, that drum beat and everything, but um, in the show it just works amazingly. And then at the end... They do another montage, which kind of matches that first part. We go back into this other world. And um, Never Tear Us Apart by, oh. in this case, uh, Paloma Faith. I hadn't heard this version before. So good. Excellent song. So those were two highlights of the week for Very me. Very cool. Hey, I'll uh, be checking that series out. Cool. Sorry to interrupt. Foggy, did you get my Synthwave playlist link? I did. And I actually listened to some already. Thoughts? I cool. like it. I, I can't. I'm sure you could listen to it for hours. But without vocals and those kind of things, I can't mm. um, listen for that long. But in in bits and pieces, I really like it, and I really enjoy the grooves. Yeah, so. I'll find some with vocals for you too. Um, and you know, to be honest with mm -hmm. you, when it comes to those instrumental playlists, after it's something that I'll work to. I'll have it on in the background. I'm working, mm -hmm. and it's a nice pace that yeah. kind of keeps me going. But um, if I'm really listening and trying to dig deep, um, after about the third or fourth song, I kind of feel like I'm stuck in that same zone, so I, I move on. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, there, mm -hmm. there's some artists that, that do have some cool vocal stuff. I'll, I'll uh, supplement it with a part two with some uh, voices this time. Excellent, excellent. I appreciate that. Paul, you should send me those links, and then I'll dub in I'm Too Sexy over all of them, and oh. we'll send them back to Steve. Awesome, awesome. Oh, yes. so. <laughs> oh. I'm totally in. We're reviewing that in two <laughs> weeks <laughs> with video. 
So anyway, yeah. So this week, I just you guys know I'm um, taking these courses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I was promoted to assistant principal, but I don't have a principal's license. So I'm essentially the dean of students or whatever. But oh. I have to get my the assistant to the assistant principal. <laughs> yeah. So I have to yeah. get. My degree. So I have to take these courses. I've been an administrator for five years, so now i got to take these courses, which are just, oh, they suck the life out of me. I, I really can't stand it. So it just gets in the way of everything I want to do. I want to write, and writing articles has suffered because all I can think about is what I have to do with these assignments. And so I just got to the point this week, I'm just going to, I wrote two this week. I'm already working on my third one. I'm just going to try to just get through these stupid classes so I can get that off my plate and Hopefully then be able to free up some time to do more creative stuff because this is just killing my mojo, let me tell you. That's, yeah, yes, indeed. That free time's the goal. Yeah. As a good friend of ours says, sleep is overrated. Tony, <laughs> have you ever met sleep? Occasionally. It'll knock me over the head. I have to get yeah. in. Okay. All right, JPP, where can we find you? Look for me on Instagram under Just Plain Paul. Uh, you can also find me and tea bags probably but uh if you go over to the facebook page wanderings and wool gathering we hang out there we interact we send some tidbits of information also the instagram account um will become more active as things progress with new releases and things but uh instagram wanderings and wool gathering you will find us there with a picture of our podcast art uh yeah i'm still hanging out on the facebook page and just wanted to quickly run past you guys i think i might have a tagline for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> uh too hot for TV, but it's TWO. So tea bags, too hot for TV. What do you think? <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get that tattooed, right? <laughs> yeah, I won't tell you where, but I am. Yeah, I thought you were gonna All say right. something about dropping them, but uh, you, uh... well, I'm still working on. That's one of them. Still, just I'll I'll have one by next week. Go ahead, Stevie. <laughs> where are you found? Oh Lord! All right, you can find me on the Twitter. And on Instagram at Foggy's Pal. Find me over at uh, Blue HQ Media with Sports Media Pass and Break the Fourth. You can find our podcast on the usual podcatchers and at the uh, Blue HQ Media Revolution. And so next week, we will be returning with songs that we hate. Hopefully, you'll have a chance to listen to this and then nominate some of your own songs that you hate. And we'll uh, announce you on the show and your choices. And we will also be back with Weezer, the Black Album. Thanks for listening this week, everybody, and we will see you next week. Bye now.